1: Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes.
0: You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network.
2: What? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from.
1: It's like hot sex in a mug.
2: We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, we know podcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice.
4: everybody and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we are talking about The Giant Claw from 1957 as picked by me. And it's our first episode with Kyle as an official member of the podcast. So round of applause, Kyle. Yay! Hey. How'd you like starting off your first movie of the podcast with The Giant Claw? I quit!
3: <laughs> Damn.
4: Um, got it, away. Was,
5: it was something else. Uh, I watched which, it twice yeah.
4: in one week. <laughs> oh, no. Well, That's
3: also man. because you're like, hey, who wants me to watch 18 hours of 30s, 50s, 40s, 50s, and 60s movies? Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> right? But also, this movie is not that bad. Like, truly. Kyle, I don't know if you watched, caught anything that, that Matt did on that, but I caught a bit. And he watched Attack of the Leech Monsters. And that oh. was very painfully... Slow and boring, and yeah. while The Giant Claw is not a great film, at least it's not Attack of the Leech Monsters. Oh, that's
5: so weird because that was my double feature. So I'm gonna reconsider. <laughs> uh, oh no! Things. <laughs> no, I,
4: I think The Giant Claw. Honestly, it's one of the rare movies that we talk about that actually has been covered on Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand, which totally makes sense. But like, this movie is one of those films. It's it is in that same vein as like a robot monster or a plan nine from outer space where it is just so cheap that it it is like cackle worthy bad at points (laughs) like I think my favorite reoccurring thing in this movie besides every piece of footage being reoccurring is the sound effect that they use for Mm -hmm. the bird is just like. It's oh. two squawks over and over again, and then a crunch noise whenever it eats something, and that's
3: all they had.
4: To... Real,
5: real bad.
3: You know, the, <laughs> the, before we shit all over this movie too much for being stupid and looking really dumb in 2021, I want to say that I was pretty impressed with all the aerial photography that they had in it.
5: Yeah. They, you know, for, they went in on the uh,
2: stock footage.
4: Yeah. Is it
3: stock footage because There's like, a
4: lot of stock footage in this. Yeah, the f- especially the beginning. The beginning you got that clay spinning globe and then it's just stock oh, yeah. footage and narration for about 15
5: minutes. But I bet you then nobody was like, "Oh, that's stock footage." Like yeah. they, you know, like oh, that yeah. that's, they, that's, that's, they have the no, back um, back luxury
4: yeah. yeah they were like this is incredible
3: it's, it's funny that we're talking about stock footage because it seems to be a motif that matt kelly likes to bring to the show it, this was not nearly as egregious
4: but deadly mantis was like the silent night deadly night part two of the 50s <laughs> like, it, was, it was made of more previously shot footage than real footage that's so funny
5: <laughs> i've never seen that and uh now I
4: don't need to The only just look up whatever five minute clip is online of just the mantis because the mint ma- similarly to the giant claw, the actual prop of the monster is fairly impressive. All things considered. I don't know. It doesn't have googly eyes like
3: the- <laughs>
4: <laughs> you got a point. I liked the giant bird uh, all days skitter because this movie looks like it was made for $10, <laughs> but that is a pretty impressively large puppet. Like, oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, they had real feathers on those wings, so not not a that not a cheap. cent spared on that. But there is no. a part at the very beginning that I really I never felt so seen by a movie from the fifties. The, the it's not as bad as you think it's gonna be. The voiceover says something to the effect of time has lost all meaning. Yeah, yeah, we know. At a certain point, this movie does kind of turn
4: into a pandemic movie when like, the news report is just yeah, like... Yeah, stay in your house. So, yeah, scientists have said to stay in your house until this aerial creature is destroyed. I think that that's my favorite part about this movie is the absurdity that there is a singular giant bird... Yeah that is wreaking so much havoc across the entire United States of America that they're just like, We got no other options. We got to lock down this entire nation to protect us from the one evil bird that seems to exclusively just bother our four main characters and nobody else.
5: Well, it's especially because, like, the science of it, of solving it, takes so long, too, (laughs) that it's like they really have to be like, shut it all down and just pray (laughs) that. But then he figures it out in the course of,
3: like,. Uh, two days and he's like stays up and then he blows himself up and then there he's like how long have I been out
5: yeah flubber saves the day
3: <laughs> this movie I, I really gotta now that I've said the good thing about that you know like I'm I'm not I'm pretty impressed with the amount of aerial photography even if it was stock footage because it's pretty solid I mean, like, yeah. the editing of this movie is not that bad. But the writers thought they were so fucking clever. The comments that everybody has, the quippy dialogue left and right, it's like this movie was written in 1944. They make everybody talk like fucking they're in Casablanca. Well, I've got a question for Kyle, because Kyle obviously
4: has made two different documentaries that while they're not directly tied to necessarily bad cinema, right? They are definitely a celebration sometimes of absurd cinema. And this is the first time we've ever talked about a movie by Sam Katzman ever on this show. But I feel like he's almost in a lot of ways from what I've read, like the lesser known Roger Corman. Like like Roger Corman with less budget.
5: <laughs> well, I think that like the the reason of the lesser known, or that he's lesser known is just because of the time frame, right? Which I guess is why anybody is lesser known than the, who comes after them. But like in the same way, those movies were of a specific time and group of people that saw them. And Roger Corman was coming about in a way in a time where the regular person was understanding and getting involved in independent film or fringe cinema or just oddball B-rate bullshit. You know, so it's like Sam Katzman doesn't get his comeuppance for the influence that he has on a generation that comes after, even though the giant claws in his repertoire.
3: What else did he do? Like, I, I don't know the name, so I need to I need some context here, please. I think the most
4: notable thing that he did that I can think of was the werewolf
5: hmm He did a lot of Bela Lugosi's like later films, like the ape. I think he did the Ape Man.
4: I th- I'm pretty sure he did too. I- I like but a few he... of those things that you just, you know,
5: Lugosi was just cranking them out.
4: The Christopher Lee of his time. Yeah. Well, he also <laughs> did like like the Superman serials from the 40s mm-hmm. that you would Wait, see. Sam like. Sam Katzman a... did? Yeah, he did like those. Okay, so
3: I have watched Sam Katzman before the Giant Claw. All right, I grew up on the yes. uh, 1940s Superman. I remember having a Superman. TV show, VHS. I think that that had two or three episodes on it, not much, you know. I believe it was right before Christmas vacation or maybe summer vacation, everybody in class brought in VHS tapes to play, which is like the most 90s thing you can think of, right? So I brought in this this Superman TV show, VHS tape, and everybody that brought in a tape got it put on the list. I was so disappointed that mine was last on the list. And so it did not get watched, but it was last on the list. No one wanted to watch fucking Superman. I'm like, you guys don't want to watch Superman. I don't remember what they picked, but they did not pick my Superman. And I remember the girl that I was obsessed with. And and I would consider her my first girlfriend because she came over to my house, we played, and then she handmade me a Valentine thank you card with her school picture in it. So things were pretty Ooh. serious, all right? Yeah, that's But she came dope. up to me after class, after that 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 day of school was out. She was like, Scott, it's okay. First is worst, last is best. And I'm here to tell you it's not true.
2: Yeah, I appreciate
3: no. the sentiment. No, Scott,
4: don't take this from me. This is all I've
3: been living <laughs> by for the last 36 years. So first of all, I
4: have a very similar story to you, Scott. I was in fifth grade, and somehow I convinced my entire class when we all brought in tapes to watch, that we should watch Clue, and no one talked to me again.
3: Well, that is not true, because Clue is an absolute masterpiece, and I'm not trying to say the Superman TV show is a masterpiece. No, I'm just saying Clue is great to
4: us because we get that type of humor, but to a group of fifth graders in 1998, I don't think they were really in the mood for a wacky... Mark's Brothers-inspired screwball comedy starring a bunch of people that they didn't know or care about. You tried, man. You tried.
3: You were ahead of your time, Matt. That's what you need to take away from this That's experience. what it is.
4: So to further stress the fact that Sam Katzman was in a similar league to a Roger Corman or even a Charles Band, um, I just checked in 1957 when The Giant Claw came out, that was one of nine movies that he produced – in a year. Yeah, just calming down it. after the 11 that he had done in 1956. So he just had like a factory where they were just fucking cranking this shit out exclusively for drive-in.
3: Yeah, I was about to say, can't beat that. You can't argue about that being a good hustle. You know, they were aiming it for that drive-in teenager
4: from the 50s, as is clear when the 50s teenagers <laughs> A hey, Debbie, Yo, oh, get
3: that tin can <laughs> off the road. I have oh, that as shit. a note all in caps. <laughs> yeah. are like, yeah, we ain't afraid wild. of the big bad bird. And then they get like, fucking murdered. <laughs> I really enjoy everybody except for McAfee. Yeah. He's like the. What is he, an electrician or something? Oh, yeah, like he's
5: that? Ele- Yeah, did you know? Did you hear him say that he was an electronics guy?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: But <laughs> no, he's like 50 times. He needs to calm the
3: fuck down because he goes from disrespecting the mathematician, uh, the female mathematician, um, he drinks all of Pierre's Applejack. Because poor Pierre is like, I make it myself. He's so good for the snake bite. Somehow he sounds Italian and Borat, but he's supposed to be French Canadian. I don't know. It's, yeah, it, it, is, it is the most yeah.
4: baffling character, and I, I do want to talk about justice for Pierre because
3: <laughs> he gets justice for Pierre.
4: He gets dragged into this bullshit. He's like. No, 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 no! I'm not fucking with this. Gets killed, and then they're just like, "Well, we can take Pierre's car now because he doesn't need it anymore." He doesn't fucking need it. <laughs> like, he doesn't need so it. overly so rational.
3: And the like, or, okay, so the female
4: he
5: would have given us his car. I, I swear. Yeah, yeah, of he, course, he, well, he Pierre
4: was a pushover. He absolutely would have given. Pierre was like the character in every kid's cartoon that gets like pushed to the ground, and it's just like, you know, my friends would. It's just because they're my friends. That's why they shove me around. Like that's. Pierre, this entire fucking movie until it's he dies. Matt they, as a
3: child, this is why Matt is f- yeah. defending him. That's why he wants justice for Pierre. They could not. <laughs> care less would be they cared more about
4: the nameless soldiers falling into this bird's mouth than a person who's supposedly yep. their friend yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> like, the, the yeah. one who showed them the greatest amount of hospitality that anyone ever could and <laughs> they just they were just he can go fuck himself yeah but McA- mcafee uh is such a prick he kisses the mathematician without consent which i really i was hoping that he was gonna get Killed as he kills La Cacana at the end, but no, he he gets to live through the end, and and he even puts the mathematician on coffee and sandwich duty before they're about to take the plane up with the antimatter gun, whatever it yeah. is.
5: So yeah. Some, uh, the the plane poops antimatter bombs. Or yeah, something. They, you can't
3: put it in the front, <laughs> or else they'll they'll wa it'll waft in. Yeah. So they got to put it out the back. <laughs>
5: It's always great when you have these
4: movies where the main character is the worst part about
5: the movie. <laughs> Dude, Carly um, and I audibly gasped at the first like quip about McAfee, who's not a pilot, but he's going to fly this plane at the beginning of the movie because he's an electronics guy. Uh, like audibly gasped at the comment about spanking. Um, which if anybody watches the first five minutes of this movie before they shut it off uh, they'll get to that line <laughs> um, it's uh, Carly and I were like and we did little did we know that that whole plain non-consensual kissing scene was going to happen and last very long and
3: then he's like give me your map i'm gonna write all over it too like he's he has no respect for anybody
5: yeah it's like you know it's everything from top tier assault and harassment (laughs) down to just like bad housekeeping and not loving your dead friend it's come on He's, he's, be he's a
3: great example of what not to do.
5: That's why they named the Virus Protection uh, Service after him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only one that thought about that.
5: I couldn't. I can't get his name right every time. It's I, McAfee, McAfee, McAfee. I don't know. I, I don't even know how to whatever. say the Virus
3: Protection. That guy's batshit <laughs> crazy, too, the guy that, that made that up. So maybe there's a lesson to be learned. The, the two special effects that specifically
4: jumped out at me as being, like, absolutely stellar is... The first plane crash landing where it is like the most toy of toy planes, just kind of hitting the ground and skidding to a stop with no problem. That took you out
3: of it? Because I mean I felt very immersed by that.
4: No, I was I was sucked in. My the other one that I I remember laughing my ass off during the live stream, and it was still pretty early during the live stream. So this wasn't even like a delirious laugh just yet. But then equally laughing, re-watching it earlier this week for the podcast. Just the shots of the people in the parachutes, and it's like the most G.I. Joe with a parachute just like tossed in the air, just like like yeah. slowly making their way down. And then ah! <laughs> I gave <laughs> like those the- out as
5: party favors at a Halloween party one time. They're just like little, yeah, yeah, plastic, those like army-, army men <laughs> that you toss the- up.
3: Oh my god, I, loved another I love another memory unearthed thanks to this. Is, is that. <laughs> I was given an army man with a parachute and the way that the house that I grew up in is that there's a a deck that then you know goes down the 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 hill goes down the deck stays straight so obviously as a young child you're gonna throw shit off the deck and and run down the steps you're gonna go get it you're gonna pick it back up and you do it gonna do it all over again and I did that two times and the second time I never found out what happened to the G.I. Joe, army man, whatever, because it literally disappeared. I don't know where it Was it, it in went.
5: 1957? Because the giant claw just swooped in and they used that as a, they used that as a shot. <laughs> 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 Sam Katzman, your uncle. Yeah, dude, they They disappeared as quickly as you got them because they're so <laughs> tiny and I don't understand what happened. The wind just takes them.
4: But uh, yeah, the giant claw, I think we can all agree it was pretty tight. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire
1: Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes.
0: You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the GeekScape Network.
2: At maximum mediocrity, people say things like,
3: "I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not." <laughs> right
2: there. And they also say things like, "The the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores." Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that are famous but should be. Why did my f- facing? Mayweather in the woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you.
4: Hey guys, it's Matt interrupting the episode real quick to tell you two things. First of all, if you haven't already, go head up to the Patreon page at patreon.com backslash HMNpodcast. There's a bunch of different tiers. You can get a ton of cool stuff like video versions of the episodes, uh, getting the episode a week early, or weekly bonus content from us. This includes talking about movies like The Wicker Man and... Teen Wolf and a bunch of other kind of bad movies Dick Tracy is on the horizon at this time or just getting a newsletter from us once a month letting you know what's going on in the lives of the Horror Movie Night team but if you don't feel comfortable doing a monthly Patreon donation I totally understand but would you consider maybe going over and getting yourself a cup of coffee from Rootless Coffee go to rootlesscoffee.com and if you use promo code CAPITAL H M 10 you get 10% off your purchase, and it helps out us. We get a little kick of that money. So if you want to help support the show and you're a fan of coffee, Rootless Coffee is a phenomenal coffee brand made from some of the finest beans in Michigan. I know, who would have thought? And it's run by Jono of the pop-punk band The Swellers. That's even extra cool if you're a fan of pop-punk music, which if you're listening to Horror Movie Night, there's a good chance you are. Anyway, back to the show. Double features. I'm going to go with a really weird double feature on this one. Um, And it's probably only because this movie's fresh in my brain because we're recording this not too far removed from Halloween. I would double feature this with Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. And the reasoning is because the opening narration sounds... So bizarrely similar to the way Bing Crosby narrates the (laughs) Sleepy Hollow portion of that movie. Uh, And if you haven't watched the uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow cartoon in a while, which honestly, truly, check it out. I'm sure it's on Disney Plus. It is still to this day like stunning animation so with okay. some good scares mixed into it bing crosby's narration is just like all right let me tell you about this little here cat that used to walk around <laughs> like it's like the most like lazy <laughs> laid back you just imagine he's got a cigarette in his hand and a glass of wine in the other end and they just showed up in his home and he's sitting by the fire and he's like yeah, just hand me the script. I'll take care of this. <laughs> like,
3: you would be hard-pressed yeah. to tell me anything that would get me to stop believing that that was how it happened. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> Truly.
3: If you haven't rewatched that animated
4: segment in a couple years, it is insane that Bing Crosby is also the voice of Ichabod Crane because there's a million voices I imagine coming out of that skeletal drawling of a human being, but Bing... Bing Crosby doing his. Like, is not uh, uh, the voice uh, 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 that about Crane should have. No. When he's like walking and singing. <laughs> like, not at all. Like, it's too it is,
5: smooth. It's
4: insane.
5: Well, it was going to be Attack of the Giant Leeches, but uh, <laughs> I hadn't watched it in a while. So I actually think. Wait, is that a bit or have you actually seen Attack
3: of the Giant uh, Attack of No, I I've Meach I've, Lusters, I've
5: seen it, but it was probably when I was like 16 and okay. got one of those four packs of movies and I was like I'm going to learn um, <laughs> Kyle Kyle. And,
4: it was not on a four pack. Okay, it was thank in you one so of those 50, oh, 50, 50 movies. Yeah, yes, yeah 50
5: a, movies for $5 at right, Best Buy. Right. Well, that's the problem is that I didn't know any better and I spent the money on the four pack that I probably <laughs> could have spent on the 50 Dude. and I've learned since I am going to go with day of the Triffids because there is also, uh, and which is maybe actually my second choice, but I'm going to go with it because it's been on my mind. There's a, it's a way better film first yeah. off. Um, but second, there is a, there is a plain scene that sticks with me so much more than any plane scene, including the non-consensual plane scene in Giant Claw, <laughs> and I just think that it's if you're already in that sort of like world-ending mindset, you might appreciate Day of the Triffids. Yeah, you might uh, as well just
4: go all in on some killer plants. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, yeah,
5: and they sort of look similar to the Giant Claw uh, in a way, weirdly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with that. I, I was bouncing back and forth between another, but I'm going to let Scott go because he might actually pick the one that I was thinking.
3: Well, if we're talking about Kings of Schlock, I mean, I feel like Quest of Lakota, the Winged Serpent.
5: Um, yep, that was, that was what I was, was going to say. You gonna be the other one?
3: <laughs> now, I yeah. don't necessarily want to watch that again. I've watched it one time. I watched it and actually in 2020. I just didn't enjoy it, but I feel like it is a remake of. The, the giant claw though i mean and i would not be surprised if cohen like did that on purpose right
5: yeah uh, you know scott i agree with your sentiment that it's not one that i revisit especially out of like cohen's catalog but at the same time i was watching it when there was a lot of turmoil like you were watching it during lockdown yeah i was watching it maybe a couple years prior and there seemed to have been a lot more of like domestic terrorism turmoil going Mm -hmm. on in the world. And between that and God told me to like, Cohen has this really, I mean, phone and like beyond that phone booth and all these things, but like Cohen has a way of utilizing like American fear and then putting this like, I mean, winged creature, (laughs) like giant claw fucking thing that nobody sees ever in the sky, but as soon as it appears, like, it's game over. It's yeah. it's this really interesting thing that I think it either could be evolved into something today, or it would be the giant claw of today. <laughs> and I, it could go, It's there's no middle ground.
3: As long as there's practical, I will watch a 2022 reinterpretation of giant claw. Like, I will Fuck watch yeah. the shit out of it. That's
5: a great double feature. That was, I was, I'm so happy that you chose that. Well, here's, here's one thing I gotta say about Q,
3: is that, It is a bigger quote unquote movie than what I've seen from him as well. But at the same time, it's kind of a cop procedural. So they're not really spending a whole lot of money. Which again is kind of on par for Cohen. (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> yeah. i mean well and god told me to is the same thing it's like yeah. all of the it, all of those must start in some way and that must have been how he sold them <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh and then just goes fucking off the wall he was. i i love him but i also know that he's not for everybody and it's really just like a specific sort of feel
4: yeah let's let's dive into the what did we watch and i i feel like my answer might just lead to a whole big-ass discussion anyway. Finally finished season three of What We Do in the Shadows. And, yeah. Uh, you finished it? a pretty it? damn good season.
5: Yeah. Kyle, have
3: you finished it? Do you watch that show?
5: I've watched two episodes. And not because I don't like it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. But I just... I am really... I was already really bad at TV. And now um, I'm especially bad at TV with a child. See, and this is
4: where I don't understand being a parent at all because in my brain I'm like, Seems like a perfect time to watch TV. They can't talk. You're just going to be holding them anyway. Why not throw some television? I don't want, I'm going
5: to burn out their retinas too early. (laughs) (laughs) Admittedly, at the beginning of, yeah, I mean, when he was like sleeping more than like 30 minutes for a nap and, you know, whatever. We would watch stuff, especially while Carly was nursing, but times have changed. I mean, he's he's six and a half months at the time of this recording and uh, all hell is broken loose in my house. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway anyway continue man. yeah I'm season
4: three no season three was was really good i don't know if it, i think season two might be my favorite of the three seasons this season someone had pointed this out to me and i didn't really think about it at the time and then i realized it but they were like this is the season that jermaine clement walked away from it because he's focusing on other projects Wait, right
3: season now
4: season three is or season two is season three is and it's like you can kind he's of still, feel he, that he's
3: still a producer of it though
4: He's still a producer, but he like was a writer for a lot of the first okay. two seasons. Season three was still a blast. I mean, the last two episodes, Colin Robinson stuff is just fucking fantastic. Uh, so Colin excited Robinson for season four!
3: So, <laughs> so much funnier. Like for being the annoying asshole character, it's impossible not to think that he's hilarious. I just, I don't know. I mean, I if I'm choosing a favorite season. I would be hard pressed to, to, to say that season two is better than season three. I would consider them equally good for different reasons. I just thought that season three, I think that there were like two stinker episodes in season three. And I don't remember season two's episode list as well because it obviously was a year ago. I feel like when it was good, it was so good, like belly laugh. just can't get it out of your head kind of stuff in season three so
4: the whole idea of almost dedicating half of this season to like a budding bromance between laszlo and colin robinson was like those were the best episodes when you had like the two of them like just like i think i mentioned it in a previous episode but The episode where they're trying to get the car out of the library is like one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my entire (laughs) life. Like, like it is just an amazing episode. I mean, if you haven't watched What We Do in the Shadows yet,
5: you should do it. Um, I'm right here, Matt. And season three is great. (laughs) But but that's all I gotta say. I have recently, because I don't watch so much, um, but uh, we have a child. (laughs) And I've recently discovered the joys of reading before bed. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm I'm just coming into my 30s, (laughs) and I figured it out, Um, (laughs) both learning to read and acknowledging (laughs) that it's fun to read. Uh, So I read, on a whim, The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane Mm. by Laird Koenig. When I bought the books, uh, the clerk at the used bookstore had said... Oh, actually, he didn't say it to me because I had to take the baby and change him. I had my friend buy all my books. And then this merchant talked my friend's ear off, who had no idea what I was buying or why I was buying it. And so he didn't care anything about what he was saying. But he was like, oh, the guy said a movie is really good. I go and watch the movie. And that's what I watched recently was Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane, Jodie Foster, Martin Sheen. His performance, for somebody whose name I forgot, is really, wow, it's, like, really menacing. Like, the, the the book itself is super sinister, but his portrayal of that character, Frank Talbot, is so, so, so sinister. And I feel like that movie flies under the radar a lot for those mid-'70s, like, really sort of provocative horror thrillers. Very minimal, it reminds me a lot of Let's Scare Jessica to Death just because Mm -hmm. of the ambiance, the location. You're dealing with somebody in a house. There's not a supernatural element per se, but there's this element of questioning of why we're in this situation. Like, why... Truly, the whole film is, why is this little girl in a house at the end of the road seemingly alone? And Jodie Foster, I mean, since... Day one in Bugsy Malone, to <laughs> wherever she is now, is, is an incredible actress, yeah. and she was incredible as uh, as the little girl, Rin Jacobs. It's a really great tonal, like weird, creepy thing with some good characters, great characters, truly, and the book's great too. If you can track down the book, it almost is like mimics the film completely which is which is one thing you don't really find was the book first or was the movie first book was first okay book was first yeah 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 but it wasn't it wasn't the uh movie wasn't soon after i
4: gotta mention because you you just mentioned bugsy malone which i still have never seen but everybody i know has been (laughs) like everyone i know has been like matt you love paul williams how the fuck have you not seen
5: Bugsy Malone. They just put out a really nice Blu-ray of it if you wanted oh, to go just- all in. Dude, they used the song in a Coke commercial. They used one of, <laughs> like, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Um, I you I want to watch it with you. I want you to see it. I want you to just, whatever iteration you watch that movie in, I'm excited for you.
3: I, I, I will find a way to watch it soon. So we've gone through television shows, books slash movies, and I want to talk about a cassette tape that Ooh, i yes. have been listening to i do not have the cassette tape i have been listening to it on youtube but my week has been basically consumed by the mcgruff the crime dog cassette tape <laughs> from 1986. oh my god
5: i sing this do you to know carly about this? i i sing Scruff, the
4: mcgruff chicago illinois 60652 oh, six, oh, six, two.
5: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: That, I think there yes. were. Are we talking about the same thing here right now? Scruff McGruff. Well, Scruff McGruff, that was his little well, we're talking about his jingle
4: ad. on the television commercial. Yeah. Because if know you wanted to get the Scruff McGruff coloring book, you had to ah. write the Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652.
3: Okay, well, that's <laughs> fucking wild. But um, the the reason that I know about the the Smart Kids album on cassette tape that McGruff, the crime dog, did is because it's a very popular album sound on tiktok and it's like doing cracking cocaine every day (laughs) do you guys know about that no No, that's incredible what fantastic um so here's the track list winners don't use no 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 marijuana which also has a ripper of a guitar solo in it fuck yeah inhalants cocaine and crack alcohol just say no smart kids make your body last, I'll decide on my own, and I'm glad I'm me. It's incredible. Is make your
5: body last a ballad?
3: I have not really gotten that far because after alcohol, I'm just full. It, like literally full. Like I get I get to the sixth song and I'm like, I don't need the other five just yet. I'd like to believe No, No,
4: No is just him doing that Ringo Starr song that I love so
5: much. But I, I have a feeling probably that.
3: not. <laughs> Until you listen to it.
5: Scott, this is incredible. I will I post wait. the
3: link in the group. It's so catchy. And, and, and he uses his Scruff McGruff voice. The funnier thing about it is that the guy who was the voice actor for Scruff McGruff, he got... The ATF called on his ass because he had a field full of weed growing in the backyard and a basement full of weapons with a rocket launcher.
5: Like, dude. Are you sure this isn't like a Barney had drugs in his tail, Urban Legends? This This is legit? It's legit. Wow. Man, yeah, you can't you can't make up the truth. Uh, no, but uh, so think severe. about it.
3: They must have been doing huge bong rips and fat lines of coke when they're recording this in the had to, in man. the studio because with police money, with PD money, with, with police money, it's really really fun. Amazing, so it's like actually fun music. It's it kind of sounds Matt. Um, was that band that did that? song of uh, that that whole album getting in shape uh humping and uh, rump posse
5: rump posse <laughs> yes God, i got some listening to do there's I'm a excited. band called rump
3: posse that i
4: found on myspace and their entire genre is 80s workout music but they yeah. were like a band in like 2010 so they literally dressed in like the shortest cutoffs that they could find and like belly shirts but then would just rip through this like amazing synthy 80s guitar solos but like literally it was either instrumentals or instead of lyrics, it would just be like, "All right, now one, two, three, four, and stretch." Two, three. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. like ripping through these songs. It's, <laughs> Hell yeah. Do you
3: know the Transformers 1986 soundtrack? Whatever that was, the the 80s Transformers movie soundtrack. Stan Bush, the touch. You yeah, got yeah. the touch. Bam, bam. And the actually mm, the original no. White Lion Transformers theme song. It's like that. That's what it. Wrote. That's what the Scruff McGruff and Rump Posse I need to hear this stuff um, reminds me of. So
4: I it, almost forgot Rump Posse
5: existed, and I used to listen to their
4: cover of Mike Tyson Punch Out all the fucking time. <laughs> like,
5: <laughs> that is literally at the lowest bit of the internet. I, it has to be now. now, dude. Their MySpace
4: had way too many followers. That's <laughs> like, amazing. It's, it's, also incredible the giant claw which we watched this week on horror Um, movie night who I
5: realize has the same hairdo as my son yeah there you go (laughs) just a few just the strand I can't put them down it doesn't matter how windswept they are (laughs) or if the air is still he's just got a wisp of blonde hair uh, hanging out the top of his head
0: and he also
3: eats G.I. Joe's falling from the sky
5: well we're trying not to it's a choking hazard Scott (laughs) shit
4: All right, well, that was The Giant Claw from 1957. We'll be back next week with even more Horror Movie Night.
1: Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line, or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on campfire ashes.
0: You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Skate Network.
2: At maximum mediocrity, people say things like,
0: "I don't dress like this on the regular basis.
3: This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not." <laughs> what
2: I'm and they also say things like, "The the nurses are usually either." Angels of mercy, or Horse. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I f-ing facing Floyd Mayweather in the f-ing woods? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you.